0: Welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student.
1: We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school.
0: My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment.
1: back in today's episode ryan and i are going to be discussing fluoride and specifically focusing on water fluoridation water fluoridation has been a topic of discussion in the dental public health sector for years just as dental amalgam has been this is something that we've discussed in another episode and if you haven't listened to this yet go and check it out for some more information on that so by water fluoridation being a topic of discussion, we mean its place and use has been controversial and a topic of discussion and debate for years. It is a topic that everyone will have their own opinions on and it calls for interesting conversations with your peers. This episode is all evidence based and information is right as of April 2021.
0: And as well as introducing you to fluoride and water fluoridation we hope this episode will also help to improve your critical thinking as this is an essential skill to have as a dental professional also being able to communicate evidence in a non-judgmental or opinionated way is also a really important skill to have when communicating with patients and lastly fluoride and water fluoridation may also come up as a topic of discussion at dental school interviews, so having a knowledge of the topic is beneficial. For these reasons, we have broken this episode down to consider what fluoride is and the ways in which the population have access to fluoride, the background to water fluoridation and how this is applied in the UK, and also the arguments for and against fluoridation of water supplies. As we discuss these areas, the questions to ask yourself throughout this episode are What are the risks and benefits of fluoride? What is the purpose of fluoridating water? And what would be the benefit of using this population-based approach? What are the possible negative implications? What are the potential ethical values being breached? And are there any other ways of reaching the same goal that water fluoridation aims to achieve?
1: So to sort of start, we're going to go about what fluoride actually is so fluoride is a naturally occurring mineral which has been proven to help prevent tooth decay or the fancy term dental caries and we'll discuss more on how this happens later on in the episode so dental caries is a major concern for public health and it's important to highlight that it is preventable by good diet choices and with the use of fluoride too As a result of this fluoride is added to many brands of toothpaste and in some areas to the water supply through a process called fluoridation. So from this it is supported that brushing your teeth with fluoride toothpaste is one of the most effective ways available to us for preventing tooth decay which is the major benefit of fluoride. The fluoride content is measured in parts per million so that's ppm. You'll be able to see this if you look at the ingredients of your own toothpaste tube or packaging the strength and the amount advised by a dental professional differs depending on many factors including age so you take into consideration the toxicity of fluoride and the caries risk of that patient so how at risk someone is of having dental decay so high sugar diet or poor oral hygiene and as before this is all evidence-based and this This information is available in guidance to us as dental professionals.
0: So now we have an idea of what fluoride is. How do we as a population have access to fluoride? So fluoride is delivered in multiple ways. For example, it can be self-applied by patients themselves through things that you're likely to use, such as toothpaste, mouthwash, drops, tablets and these tablets need to be prescribed this is a good time to highlight that toothpaste has a general strength of 1450 parts per million or 1450 parts per million however there are higher concentrations which require a prescription by a dentist only fluoride can also be applied professionally through the use of varnishes you may have had this yourself whilst growing up and visiting the dentist and there are also some types of dental materials that can be used which release fluoride as well and finally there are community schemes aiming to deliver fluoride to patients such as through toothbrushing at school there are also fluoride varnish schemes and here in Scotland there is child smile which is a national program funded by the Scottish government which aims to improve oral health in deprived areas through tooth brushing instruction and varnish application. And when the varnish is applied during these schemes, the professional can also use this time to undertake a screening of the mouth using the DMFT index, which stands for Decayed, Missing and Filled Teeth. So these children have access to additional oral health screening this way. And another way of accessing fluoride is through milk. And from research, there is a milk program in England, which is aiming to do this. And salt can also contain fluoride. However, too much of salt can cause health issues itself. And finally, water can be used as a means of delivering fluoride to the community. So that leads us on to water fluoridation quite nicely. And to define what this is, it is the adjustment of the level of fluoride in public water supplies to an optimum level of one part per million with the intention of preventing dental caries or decay as it's also known. And Public water naturally has fluoride levels present already and in some areas this is at or above optimum level already without the need to implement water fluoridation.
1: So there's a large history of how fluoridating water came about and more information can be found online however we're briefly going to summarize this for you just now. So back in 1901 Frederick McKay discovered Colorado brown stains. This was later termed mottled enamel or fluorosis and um, so fluorosis is something that you might come across you know reading around dentistry and this occurs during high sort of fluoride exposure during tooth development. It differs in severity with mild seen as very fine white lines or flecking on the surface of the teeth and severe it can result in loss of enamel. It is uncommon in the UK for fluorosis to be severe enough to seriously affect the appearance of teeth. So back to the history. From that, this sparked interest into water supplies and later determined by H.V. Churchill that this fluorosis was as a result of high levels of fluoride in the drinking water. This again sparked interest in Henry Trendley Dean, who commenced research on how high fluoride levels could be in drinking water before this mottling or fluorosis occurred. Um, And that's one part per million in water. So this then led to the addition of fluoride to water supplies in Grand Rapids to see if there was protective effect at this level. This resulted in the Grand Rapid fluoridation study showing a reduction in dental caries in children by more than 60%. Water fluoridation was then adopted by other cities this finding was a giant scientific breakthrough um, transforming dentistry into a prevention oriented profession with almost every toothpaste containing fluoride. So fast-forwarding to today, water fluoridation is widespread in the US, South America and parts of Asia. It is wi- It is less widespread in Europe and in the UK um, and water fluoridation only occurs in England with around 10 to 11% having fluoridated water. And there are areas of naturally fluoridated water as well. There is no water fluoridation in Scotland or Wales, um, only the areas that have this occurring naturally.
0: As there is no water fluoridation in Scotland and Wales, this begs the question if water fluoridation is legal to carry out in the UK. Under the Water Act of 2003 which applies to England and Wales, the power of water fluoridation lies with the individual local health authorities and as such the water companies must comply with requests these authorities make to alter levels of fluoride in the water. However, this does mean that these authorities must negotiate with water companies carry out public consultations and fund the costs of any water fluoridation that takes place and while there is a commitment to improve oral health especially in children in many areas the cost and work involved is too great when there are many competing demands and health authority budgets are limited and as a result of this there have been no new schemes to fluoridate water since the 1980s And plans to extend schemes have repeatedly stalled and if you're interested then further information on how much fluoride is in the water supply of a particular area and whether it is added or not can be found out by local water suppliers and in Wales they currently have no artificial water fluoridation but the Welsh government stated that this is something that they will keep under constant review
1: So in Scotland, there was a case that took place between 1980 and 1983, and if this is something you're interested in, you can go and look it up. It's the McCool versus Strathclyde Regional Council, which, there's a fun fact here, is the longest standing court case to take place in Scotland to date, which it took 201 days. So from this court case, it resulted in water fluoridation being banned due to Lord Johnsey ruling that it was beyond the legal powers of the water companies to provide medicine to the public. Since then, no artificial water fluoridation has occurred in Scotland. And since the Water Acts are worded similarly, other areas of the UK had and still have doubts. There have been reviews and public consultations in scotland since however it has been voted against or rejected and as part of the oral health improvement plan a statement was released in 2018 by the scottish government saying the practicalities of implementing this means we have taken the view that alternative solutions are more achievable so these alternative solutions such as your fluoride toothpaste and varnish, allow more freedom of choice to patients. However, it has been said that water fluoridation is the most cost-effective way of delivering fluoride to the whole population, without people actively having to do anything to benefit from it, except from drinking water. This then lowers the cost to the NHS for treatment of a preventable disease, that is dental decay or dental caries, and it's reducing the number of extractions and general anaesthetics of younger patients and it's also reducing social inequalities. There is of course also the fact of diet so sugar is needed for dental caries to occur so a poor diet in that respect or poor education contributes to this. The arguments against Are that it is a form of mass medication. However, fluoride is not a medicine, it is a nutrient, and it has also been argued to cause bone fractures and cancer, and like we've discussed earlier, dental fluorosis, and potentially poses danger to patients undergoing kidney dialysis. There are a number of detailed systematic reviews, and to sort of define a systematic review, this is a type of study that attempts to analyse all the studies available to answer a specific question, allowing an evidence-based conclusion. This is one of the highest level of evidence. So there have been a number of detailed systematic reviews, uh, the major ones being University of York Review in 2000 and the Cochrane Review in 2015. these have been conducted to investigate the efficacy and safety of fluoride, especially in context of public water fluoridation schemes. And these have all essentially come to the same conclusions, which are water fluoridation is beneficial in reducing dental caries, while a link with cancer has been suggested by some authors all major systematic reviews have concluded that there's no conclusive evidence of such a link that that exists. And this is also supported by the Knox report. An increase of fluoride level in water supplies to the optimum level, which is one parts per million, as we discussed earlier, is accompanied by an increased prevalence of dental fluorosis, mostly mild and not thought to be an aesthetic concern. And most systematic reviews have concluded that fluoridation has little or no effect on the prevalence of bone fractures.
0: So you can see from that that there are arguments for and against water fluoridation. And we've said that it's been proven to help prevent tooth decay. But how does this happen? So there are three accepted mechanisms of action. And before we explain these further, you'll remember from the Speak Like a Dentist episode we explained how dental caries occurs. You have the plaque where bacteria are, which feed on the sugars we eat to produce acid. This acid then breaks down the tooth substance, resulting in destruction, which is known as demineralization So one of the ways that fluoride is suggested to work is by altering the enamel structure. So this is the white substance that you can see in the mouth and by altering this structure you are able to increase the resistance of the tooth to acids and this minimizes destruction and favors remineralization of the tooth which is just the reverse of demineralization. Another way is that there's a potential beneficial effect to the tooth morphology so the tooth shape during development which prevents stagnation areas which are areas that the plaque can accumulate easily and are therefore difficult to clean and this can result in more bacteria in these areas and finally in high concentrations it interferes with the metabolic pathway of bacteria so the eating of the sugars and the breakdown of the tooth and this results in a reduced acid production that then prevents caries
1: so we have naturally discussed the risks and benefits associated with fluoride and water fluoridation however just to summarize these here for you evidence is there to support that fluoride is a mechanism of prevention of dental caries and by means of adding it to the water supply through the process of fluoridation it means that it is accessible to all and it is a safe way of doing so at the level of one part per million and it is cost effective in this way as well the risks associated are fluorosis like we discussed earlier it has been suggested by the york review 2000 that fluorosis is the only risk from water fluoridation and there's also toxicity with anything consumption in high concentration fluoride is toxic um, fluoride is absorbed rapidly um, mainly by the stomach and peak levels of fluoride levels are shown one hour after ingestion. So in the case of ingestion of too much fluoride and depending on the dose consumed, the antidote would be a large glass of milk or referral to hospital um, if required. but it really depends on the patient, the age, you know, the weight of the patient, all things like this are considered. Our role as dental professionals is to educate our patients with the benefits and benefits and the risks so that they can make an informed decision. We must respect their choice and if patients are opposed to using anything that contains fluoride, it's up to us to try and think of ways to reduce their risk. So buffering the acids with chewing gum, for example, or offering diet advice on trying to reduce sugar consumption or trying to focus on different sugars that they could eat as opposed to ones like sucrose. All the resources that we've used for this episode are from the British Society of Fluoridation, the Oxford Clinical Handbook of Dentistry and the Essentials of Dental Carey's textbook and the NHS website as well.
0: So in summary of the whole episode, water fluoridation has been proven to be effective in the reduction of dental caries with the main risk being fluorosis. However, one part per million has been shown to be the optimum level in drinking water to prevent dental caries with a low risk of fluorosis occurring. At present, a low percentage of the UK has water fluoridation with discussion on review for this. However, there are other means that patients can access fluoride such as through toothpaste which have been shown to achieve similar benefits although not everyone will have access to these products or education on their use and how to implement them therefore as you've heard through the arguments on both sides water fluoridation has been and will continue to be debated amongst professionals in dentistry We are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry.
1: And you can follow us on Instagram at dentalappointment to keep up to date with us.
0: Until our next episode.
1: Bye! Bye. Bye.